tax day is coming. Oh, no. But if you sign up for Robinhood Gold's IRA with a 3% match, you can get up to $195 for the 2023 tax year. Oh, yeah. Sign up at Robinhood.com slash boostbytaxday to get the biggest contribution match on the market. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC. You cannot get rid of tyranny by fighting tyrants. For a very good reason. Tyranny doesn't exist independently of something else, which is more important. There is a something else which has to be defined before you know what tyranny is. What's that? It's opposite. Prison. Get a friend. Get informed. And get involved. We are not cattle radio. And good evening and welcome to We Are Not Cattle Radio. I am your host, Jake Counts, coming to you live from Sonoya, Georgia, home literally and figuratively of The Walking Dead. We are live and you are actually not. This is a pre-recorded podcast, the first one of 2016. We had a false start on Thursday because yours truly left one of his cables um, to his mixing board over at uh, his parents' house for a Christmas party where I was uh, doing some piano and singing some Christmas carols. So all was fun, but um, sometimes you got to remember those little things called cables that help you hook stuff up. So joining me today on the podcast is josh wiley of statelesshomesteading.com and before we go to josh i wanted to give everybody a brief rundown of where we are with the bio, with the show so i've been doing a lot of thinking and uh, doing a lot of threatening of blog talk radio over the past i, I would say at least six months because uh, their audio quality was so so bad and it still remains bad and uh, for all of you that tuned in for the show on Thursday night, um, for all the listeners, thank you so much for tuning in live. Uh, sorry we couldn't produce uh, some good content for you. Hopefully you enjoyed us, um, or at least me being a little bit frustrated. And um, moving forward through 2016, we have a, a couple of different focuses here. Number one is to bring you a stellar product. Number two is to do more uh, with the blog and uh, keep you up to date on any uh, new white papers or any new policy papers that come out like we mentioned the other day or Josh mentioned. But also giving us a springboard to host our own stream. So we're looking into that right now. We should have everything tweaked and this will be the last month on Blog Talk Radio. And I don't know if I'm going to do another live show on Blog Talk because um, frankly it just creates more work for myself. And um, I love the fact that people do turn in live. But um, I will post it live so you guys can listen to the show uh, in its uh, live entirety, and we don't do any post-game editing. So uh, what you see is what you get with us, and um, that's, in essence, the story so far. But uh, if you like what we do here, feel free to share this with people you know, people you love, people you like. And as we come closer to this fable that is the um, presidential election of 2016, how this white or man or woman on a white horse will come and save the uh, – the American society and the American economy, we have to really look at what has happened over the past few years, what is continuing to happen globally, um, be it with or without the mainstream media, and also ask a lot of questions of the so-called alternative media that really isn't doing their job either. They're just parroting a different narrative of, um, I guess, whatever Alex Jones decides that he's going to to bring up. Because it seems like that that's the way that everyone likes to run, and as we push back against the um, you know the status quo, and we push back against the alternative media, even though I I wouldn't even consider myself media, and now I just consider myself a a concerned citizen that wants to um, that wants to have a little bit of freedom, that wants to sound the alarm if he sees something that could that could be detrimental to um, all human existence, and. Um, and that's where we are currently uh, with a couple of articles that we have today and a, and a couple of explanations from Josh and myself. I think you'll really start to get the overarching picture of where we are as a species. And uh, we need to have a, a debate, and it doesn't need to be an emotional debate with um, with the lemmings or the uh, millennials that want to go and, and rub on the Bernie Sanders statue and, and believe that he'll come out and grant them three wishes. But um, we do need to look at this very, very carefully and uh, understand where we are 
and uh, maybe even um, take a little bit of that and and do some soul searching ourselves and wonder why we have the belief systems that we have. Um, this year, Josh knows I'm um, I'm embarking on my religious pilgrimage in addition to my studying of geopolitics and and understanding of global events and and how they pertain and how they affect our our everyday life here. Um, I'm starting from scratch. I'm taking no predetermined notions that any religion is is better than the other. Uh, for for all um, for all intents and purposes, it could be a flying spaghetti monster. Who knows? But um, that's my own journey, and and everyone should have their own journey of enlightenment. And if you're if you're not with me on that, then um, I'm sorry, but um, you're not part of what we would like to create here at We Are Not Cattle, and that is the culture of questioning, I guess. So with that being said, I'm going to turn my eyes and my mic over to Josh Wiley of statelesshomesteading.com. Josh, thank you so much for, for being part of the broadcast once again. Well, Jake, thanks so much for having me for this inaugural show of 2016. Um, and before we move on, though, I'd like to ask you a question. Turn the tables a little bit for once. Yeah, go ahead. Um, uh, just pertaining to something that you said in your in your introduction there, uh, are you ashamed to participate in alternative media or to call yourself alternative media anymore? I don't think that ashamed is the correct term, but it has developed a a stigma in people that um, that still follow either mainstream ideologies or that even question narratives because. As the mainstream media dies, unfortunately, the alternative media has not gained any credibility. I mean, even though they might be right on some angles, I would say that there is a large portion of it that is either disinformation or is half-truths or is half-assed researched material. Uh, and then trying yeah. to tie that half-assed researched material into, into a global spectrum and, and pushing an agenda or pushing a narrative that they've already come to a predetermined uh, understanding. So from the Christian perspective, most Christians are going to try to tie everything into the idea of revelations. And for those of you that that care to know, um, I'm about 20 chapters deep into Genesis. I'm taking notes. I'm reading that right now. That's my first, um, my first, I guess, religious work that I'm working through, along with a couple others in tandem that are trying to give me a better understanding of it. And I've got a lot of questions. So and that's even from the first, like I said, 20 chapters of a, of a book that's supposed to be just so prophetic that it just explains itself to you, and then you just believe. Uh, I'm finding a, a, lot of, a lot of holes and a lot of questions to be asked. And so when you hear people that tie um, political events into, into a dogma or into a, a religious um, consequence that they want to uphold, uh, no matter how loose the ties are, uh, I would still say read, read the information for yourself and question it. Because now, yes, uh, as a roundabout way of shagging, dogging that a lot, I would say that um, I don't want to be called alternative media. I just want to be called a thinker anymore because I think that there is now becoming a stigma with alternative media, whether you're, um, whether you're a white ring, right, right-winged um, conservative or um, left-wing authoritarian. I think that there's becoming a lot of different stigmas being placed upon that. Yeah, I uh, just to add to that, I think that the alternative media is kind of coming of age, uh, and unfortunately, it's becoming increasingly clear that they're like the deadbeat son that you're always disappointed in, um, not necessarily something that you know you want to show off at Christmas parties. And uh, I mean, I guess that's true of a lot of adherence to all media, you know, g- given uh, some of our more uh, orthodox worldviews. No, we're never very fun to bring around to some family gatherings, that's for sure. Um, but yeah, the the sort of apocalyptic analysis as it seeps into alternative media, I think a lot of that has to do with the fact that so much of alt media is centered uh, around religion. And it's either you have this right-wing kind of analysis of, right, of, of alt media that is, um, that is more Christian, or you have uh, a left-wing analysis of alt-media that is more New Age in its spiritualism. Um, but both of these have their, um, uh, as Catherine Austin Fitz would call them, their adult fairy tales. And I think that, Jake, that's part of the, the challenge that we, people like us find ourselves in in alt-media. And I'm sorry to start 2016 off with such a whimper as opposed to a bang, but um, it, we're fighting these adult fairy tales 
on so many different levels. Um, when people like ourselves just kind of want to get down to brass tacks of you know rational ontology and trying our best to sort through some of these stories that we all have a lot of questions about, seeping into that analysis is increasingly things that are just patently ridiculous, Jake. And I know one of the things that we've talked about in that regard, and we're certainly going to talk about some more tonight, is this idea of, you know, uh, the the bricks and Vladimir Putin riding in on a white horse and saving everybody. Uh, or Bernie Sanders, running, you know, flying in on a, on a harpy's back and saving America. Or even before that, Ron Paul doing doing something similar. Uh, one of these memes that I've seen spread in alternative media and just, laugh at every time because it's I, I wonder what kind of deranged mind wants to believe these things or but something like Jake have you heard of the white dragon family this is uh, a, a, another one of the rumor mill you know um, I'm, I'm, I'm assuming it's going to be somebody in connection with with China and a, a mafioso tie and then propagating throughout the Asian caucuses, and then moving across to, moving across to all the way, um, taking up every every part of the world. Close? Yeah, well, no, the exact opposite, actually. Good. Uh, they, Thank they God. At least I can't. At least I can't predict them now. I don't know. Is 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 it good? Because the I think the opposite is even potentially more dangerous. You know, it's uh, if if the, if there were you know some white dragon fomented threat that didn't exist, then that wouldn't be a big issue. However, if I were to tell you that the White Dragon family is a fictitious group of uh, Chinese uh, individuals who have blood ties to the emperor who are you know, going to use their, their hidden wealth to destroy the New World Order, Jake, then um, <laughs> it, it, that, that has a profound effect on the human psyche, especially uh, if you're uh, someone who's looking for answers. So it's, the, pac- now that an- it's the pacified savior nonsense again? Where that's you exactly, don't have to you don't have to do anything, just you get. There you go. Uh, that's exactly what it is, Jake. And this is this is the mentality that we're fighting. Whether it's Jesus fucking Christ, and excuse me for all you Christians out there, but you got to snap out of the mind control someday. You got to grow up, people. The white dragons aren't coming to save you. Jesus is not coming back. The aliens from the Pleiades aren't zipping around and coming to save you from yourself. This is the 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 mental disease that that has infected so much of alternative media to the point where it's just this overall complacency but at the same time just this willingness to believe almost anything so long as it sounds good and this is the sphere that we exist in jake it's hard to produce accurate media when when people would prefer these adult fairy tales well i think that that's a a very outstanding point and when you take a deeper look at it it's it's what i've um you know, I've made this statement many times on the show before, but human beings are in- inherently lazy the majority of the time, whether it's intellectually or physically. So the idea to me that the- these are catching on, that there's some internal group or there's Karen Hudes and there's uh, some secret gold from JFK or there's all these things that are going to help and all these things where you don't have to do anything. So people, I'm asking you. If you don't want to fight for your own liberty, if you don't want to fight for your own freedom, whether it be mentally or in a, in a, uh, a capacity against the state where you have to push back on certain laws that you know are going to lead to uh, or could lead to tyrannical, tyrannical decisions down the line, that's what you have to do. It, it is not waiting for something to happen. Quit waiting. What are you waiting for, people? I mean – Everybody, what are you just going to wait till it gets really, really bad, and then people will snap out of it? No, they'll become more and more in love with the tyranny, and we've seen it, Josh. We've seen it. Look at remember, remember how everybody was saying, "Oh, you know, if they if they ever don't let people opt out, people will just go crazy." Well, guess what, guys? You can't opt out anymore. Did anybody go nuts? Did anybody go and protest? Did anybody say this is? Has anybody been recorded going? This is tyranny. You can't force me through something no no because they know that you will eventually that you will give in because you are passive 
You've been pacified. You've been created to be a pacifist, people, whether it's through the religion of Christianity, like Josh said. And like I said, I'm not going to pass any judgment. But to me, on its surface— I will. That turn-the-other-cheek bullshit needs to stop. Yeah, <laughs> I, don't, I don't understand how—I don't understand how— how, Romans thirteen, Jake. Romans thirteen. Well, it's just just the belief in something that really confuses me, and how I can just believe in something and then it will, and, and then it will make everything okay. I, I find that to to be the ultimate form of, of pacifism, because if I just believe in, in Jesus was the Son of God, then I'm good. Everything's great. I'm 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 covered. It's rubber yeah, you stamp. Could be, you could be Adolf Hitler himself, but and, you're still saved if you're born again. But, but yeah, and, and you know, to close this out because I do want to get into some other worldly stuff is that people we're at a we're at a point in time where the higher powers have figured out. And if you don't believe that they're higher powers, then turn this podcast off because if you don't want to hear the mountains and mountains of evidence that we've done over the past three years of how there are people that are actually manipulating uh, manipulating finance, manipulating world events, and we might even get into this a little bit later, they have probably figured out how to linguistically program us to get an outcome that they desire. And that's something that I do want to touch on tonight because that got me – that got my brains and wheels turning – the other day when Josh sent me to this website, and um, it's just – we have to take a step back and really understand the fact that everything that you think that that constitution stands for, if you're a constitutional um, Republican or even if you're just a person that loves freedom and says, hey, I'll just take the Bill of Rights and whatever else is, is fine with me. You have to understand that those rights are being eroded, and why are they being eroded? For short-term gains. It's for the short-term. These people are not thinking long-term, and, and honestly, Josh, some of these guys, I really don't think that they have the capacity to, to think long-term. So no, I, I don't think they do either, Jake, and, and you're, you're right in that we should move on here pretty quickly, but that's one of these things because you mentioned you know, this, this nature of complacency. And this solution always being outside of you and not taking action. Uh, and I think the alternative media, especially the alternative finance community media, which is a lot of alt media given the analysis of the Federal Reserve as it stands, is so keenly focused on this catalyzing event that they have no control over. Some economic collapse that is bound to happen, and until that event happens, we can't do anything. Once that happens, we can start rejiggering things. Once that happens, we can convince our friends and neighbors that we were right all along, and we can hoist the black flag of truth and anarchy and you know, try and create a more decentralized society. Um, but increasingly, what people need to start to realize is that you're never going to be given that opportunity. There isn't going to be some catalyzing, world-exploding financial catastrophe. Nope. Uh, it, the, we're we're not we're not detonating. We're slow burning, and you know uh, I don't know how much longer humanity is willing to smolder in this state. But um, we need to uh, start talking about real solutions in a world. And Jake, I'm, I'll be the first to admit that I fell into that doom and gloom trap mm -hmm. for a long time. Me as well. Of, yeah, of believing that you know there would be some ultimate catalyst. And after that, we could assemble forces and start to change. But the, the unfortunate reality is that you're, you are never going to be afforded that opportunity. This is a slow burn. This is a, a slow amalgamation of a new multipolar world order. And even writing about this, this phenomenon of the rebranding of the new world order and it's, the changing of its structure to a far more diffused power base people need to realize that the, the, these gears have been set in motion so long ago and there's so much energy behind them that it's you can't stop the diffusion of power on this scale you can't stop the diffusion of economics on this scale it, it's it's beyond your scope as an individual even as a collective movement of individuals who know what the hell's going on i don't think you can stop that but what we can do is find a way to participate in that new multilateral multipolar world order that affords us a little bit more freedom and uh and and individuality and maybe maybe in navigating this this new world we can we can start to build something that's a little bit better at least for ourselves for our communities and for the people around us well i mean it's either we can do that or we can you know
here's what I would do. I'd sit in cow manure, and I'd spread it all over my body. That's what I would do. And I'm not kidding. I'm not laughing. Well, I mean, those are our two options, Josh. I mean, so what do we do? Uh, I don't know. It might be like a good exfoliator, maybe, you know, <laughs> like, a, like a mud mask. Guys, we'll bring you back. Even if we get real depressing for a while, I, I've tasked myself with being able to laugh at some of this nonsense. So speaking, gotta of, laugh at it. speaking of being able to laugh, Josh, let's talk about what we missed on the 1st of January, which was a big terror threat. Gee, I wonder who was behind it. Uh, James Comey. Let's find out. His name is Emmanuel Lutchman. He's 25 years old. And what uh, the FBI says he planned to do was to carry an attack uh, at a restaurant in the Rochester area tonight, uh, New Year's Eve. And he was in touch with and directed by, according to the FBI, uh, an ISIS member overseas. Oh. He, his plot, plot was to uh, carry out this attack using pressure cooker, cooker bombs and knives, perhaps kidnap a couple of people and kill them, Jim. Uh, uh, the FBI really says, though, that, uh, you know, this guy's got a, a, a long criminal history in New York, including for robbery and for mental health uh, I- issues. And he plotted with a couple of FBI informants, including one who was paid $19,000, another paid $7,000 for their work helping the FBI with these cases. He recorded a video yesterday uh, pledging allegiance to ISIS before carrying out what he planned to carry out this attack today in Rochester. Well, isn't that just special? Very first clip of the year, and you get five coins, everyone. If you're keeping a score at home, we are going to try to get to 20. Nope, we're not. It's just an arbitrary coin that we use to uh, to trigger the triggers that we hear. And that would be any time that you hear someone is going to blow up a building. And I would bet 99.9% of the time there is an FBI informant involved and the person is probably mentally ill. As reported in uh, Aronson's book, The FBI's Manufactured War on Terror. I would highly recommend everyone go read that. He's an investigative journalist. Went through and and actually interviewed, uh, I think it was 13 terrorists, which ironically, Josh, we did have uh, 13 terrorist attacks afforded this year. So that's interesting. Uh, He went and interviewed these guys, and and he said that 95% of the time that they didn't even want to, to go along with it, but the FBI informant pushed them along, gave them the money, and then set them up and said, wow, look what we got. We got a bad guy. Got to justify those budgets somehow. Right, Josh? Yeah, the FBI is uh, really, really terrible at their actual stated mission, but they're wonderful at setting up retarded people. Uh, <laughs> oh, but, you know, hey, if there's you know someone who actually needs to be taken care of or taken down, like, I don't know, a political uh, pedophile like Dennis Hastert, you know, longstanding uh, Republican Speaker of the House, you know, someone like that, someone who the FBI is watching and gathering intelligence on and could have prosecuted and had multiple opportunities to do so and did not recently in Chicago as, you know, as early as – Three months ago, was it, in October, letting him off on his uh, paltry tax evasion charges uh, that, that came up, of course. So, you know, the, uh, the FBI does a wonderful job of keeping you safe from fake enemies, but when it comes to the criminals that run your government, uh, evidently the FBI lets them operate with impunity. So, uh, yeah, go fuck yourself, Jim Comey. <laughs> <laughs> well... They uh, they got some budgets, man. They got to keep these people employed. So I mean, they have at least nineteen thousand dollars to sling to twenty-five-year-old petty criminals in New York. This is ridiculous. All right, everybody. So piggybacking on top of that, let's. Uh, and this is a clip from No Agenda. They found this on Crime TV, which I just had to play this. This is um, something else that we need to get into, Josh, which is the merger of somehow anybody that loves the Second Amendment. Um, if you have uh, Caucasian skin, you're a white supremacist if you own a gun. Somehow this is all coming to fruition, and um, yeah, let's have a listen. Here we go. I did want to ask you, though, on a more serious note, if you think that the militia and and also sort of the white supremacist movement poses a greater threat. How in the hell do you put those two together that quickly? If you're militia, you're a white supremacist. And I love it. The FBI guy doesn't even bat an eye and just rolls with it. 
Here we go. To the country than ISIS. I haven't had a chance to talk to you about that. And we keep no. hearing from, you know, the the can't Republican. As I set you up for this answer, that's going to absolutely have to be yes. Candidates, very little about this particular topic, sort of homegrown, white, mm-hmm. anti-government terrorism. And no- All right. So we're, if we're anti-government, judging by her bouncing ball of logic, Josh, would we be white supremacists as well? Of course. Of course. Always. And uh, probably mentally unstable. Uh, maybe need to be on some SSRI. Oh. The funny thing is... <laughs> Hold on, let's finish the clip, and then we'll... This is... I'm sorry, we're stepping all over this, but this is what we missed, everyone. It's so exciting to be back. Nobody talks about it. So while I have you here, I just wanted to ask that question. I woke... I, I worked both militias and white supremacists and Al-Qaeda. Okay. I, I, so I you're have, the perfect guy to ask. I have a lot of cross policy. Oh, I didn't even hear that. Did you hear that the first time you heard this clip, Josh? Listen. He says, I worked both militia and white supremacists and ISIS. So he is, he is, con- he is continuing to lump it in. He's continuing to lump them together. So draw, making that association really clear in the minds of the public. God, this is ridiculous. All right, everybody pay attention. Remember, he says both. That would mean two. And so he lumps the militia and the white supremacists together and then ISIS. Here we go. Militias and white supremacists and Al Qaeda. Oh, here we white go. All right, we got to back this so up. While I have you here, I just wanted to ask that question. I woke. I, I worked both militias and white supremacists and Al Qaeda. Okay, I, so I, 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 perfect guy to ask. I have a. That's three, but he used the word both because he wanted yeah. to smash them together. So what is it? What does he mean by worked them? You know what he means, As in Josh. Worked to create them, Josh. You know what he, Josh. You know what he means. Warning! Warning! Bullshit alert! <laughs> He gave him 25 grand to go put a bunch of knives in a pressure cooker. A lot of cross-pollinization, at least as far as as seeing how they operate. The average Al-Qaeda or ISIS terrorist is a functional person. Oh, okay. So here we go. So evidently Josh is right. We're all going to be mentally ill. The average militia, militia person is generally not a functional person. These people, it comes in waves. When you get eight years of a Democratic um, administration, the militias grow. When you get eight years of a Republican administration, the militias kind of recede. It's a- this is also putting the fact that, re- that um, most militia people are right-wing extremists. Why not? Tide thing going on. Just go for the whole ball of wax, man, and tell me that ISIS is good and we're bad. So what you're seeing is the tide growing. There is a perceived, and, and I'm not taking sides, but there is a perceived belief <laughs> that their constitutional rights are being eroded. People they don't like are being accepted in society as equals, um, and they are powerless. And so what do they do? They do what a baby does. They cry just hoping to get some attention and thinking that this will change things. But it isn't going to change. They are not. Those guys in there aren't willing to die. They don't know how close they are, but they are not willing to die. For- wow, that was a veiled threat, wasn't it? Did you hear that? Yeah, and that cute little chuckle at the end. Man, yeah, here we go. Licking his chops. He this- wants he wants blood on the streets. Pay attention. <laughs> They are not, those guys in there aren't willing to die. They don't know how close they are, but they are not willing to die for this. All right, great catch, dude. That's super, super creepy. Hi. That's that's like top-level psychopathy stuff right there. Oh, my God. (laughs) Pay attention, everyone. They wow. uh, th- there's this belief they have. It's kind of an apocalyptic belief based on if you build it, they will come. They think if you build the revolution, people will come, you know, armed and, and with flags. And what they're going to get is a guy with three teeth, a dog and a pickup truck and, and a gun. And that's that's their delusion. They are delusional. System of government characterized by extreme dictatorship. Oh, I see. It's uh, fascism. Fascism. Wonderful. Yeah, man, just lay down and accept it. Why not? Well, I mean, of course, Jake, I think it goes without saying that neither you or I are members of a militia, uh, nor I can't speak for you on this front, but nor would I necessarily want to be, because I feel that the idea of (laughs) winning some form of armed conflict with the United States government is at this point patently absurd. Yeah. And, you know, you you might want to... Uh, reconsider that belief if you are a person who holds it. 
Um, I mean, if they but, kill, if they can kill Breitbart while he's walking down the street after having a glass of wine, then yeah, I, I think that your idea of an armed conflict is kind of stupid. And and a lot of people that are, I guess, liberty minded, um, I don't think that any of them would would think that that's a good idea, <laughs> given the track record of the police and the track record of the United States military not asking a bunch of questions on who they're bombing. Or they yeah. might uh, you might change their mind if they start bombing some white people, but as long as it's brown people, it's you know, free game. So whatever. Well, I lo- I love the association that's also being drawn towards uh, anyone who believes in constitutionalism. Uh, being in tandem with evidently those who people who are racist and don't support those rights for people of all creeds and colors. Oh yeah. Which I mean, I guess this is uh, given the rise of things like uh, tentherism as an insult. Uh, you know, this has long been a pervasive aspect of the mainstream media lexicon against uh, people who believe in human rights and autonomy. I mean, not that I'm even necessarily a constitutionalist. But I do believe a lot of the principles enshrined in the Constitution are um, are, are things that you know we should all value and, and, and learn from. But I, I, when I think back in history, Jake, of you know actual historical hold on examples, a second, hold on a second, Josh. Hey, what you reading for? Ah, <laughs> uh, unfortunately, man, reading too many books, watching too many documentaries. But you know, when I think back to you know historical examples of um, th- these. Those two nexus, nexi supposedly meeting, you know, white supremacy and, um, uh, you know, constitutional militias. Uh, you can certainly think of um, the Michigan militia in my home state of Michigan, which is uh, very different, uh, has a very different history than what people, uh, in, you know, are commonly taught to believe it was. It really did start off as, some, as something that was... Um, more about you know local local rights and initiatives, and a bunch of feds came in and took it over and turned into something completely different. Um, but Jake, another one that comes to mind is uh, Elohim City, uh, the the white supremacist patriot quote unquote patriot cult that was run outside of Oklahoma City, run by Timothy. The- yeah, of which Timothy McVeigh was a member, uh, and he Tim Tim McVeigh, if you haven't already figured it out, was. Uh, Spook Central, uh, Elohim City was, but this place was run by uh, a cat by the name of Andreas Strassmeier, who was a German intelligence figure and a member, uh, or a, a family member of some uh, highfalutin uh, German government officials. So I would look into these stories because uh, the reason I bring these up is because those are two high-profile examples of either organic militias being compromised by federal agents or being, in the case of Elohim City, just deliberately created by them. Um, So as we look at what's going on in Oregon, I don't think that we can ignore that possibility. I would agree as well. So here is, um, let's go to to Obama really quick, because I know that everybody would like to discuss this, and we'll get into some of my technical stuff that I wanted to talk about at the end of the show. So Obama made a speech about uh, executive actions. I put executive orders in the show notes. That was not correct. It wasn't an executive order. It was an executive action. But uh, I do have a couple clips here. Um, And this is uh, the one on internet gun sales. And then I will um, also bring up the one where it's, um, you know, it's written there on the paper, Josh. So here's internet gun sales. The problem is... Some gun sellers have been operating under a different set of rules. A violent felon can buy the exact same weapon over the Internet with no background check. Nope. Okay. So let's, um... Warning! Warning! Bullshit alert! Uh, that is not correct. Josh, would you care to um, walk the people through what would exactly would happen if you tried to buy a gun on the Internet? Said Internets? Unless it was, yeah. like, unless it was like some message board somewhere? Well, even uh, on a lot of message boards there, I mean, I guess officially sanctioned message boards, but, you know, you typically have the background check run the second you attempt to purchase the firearm in question, and then it would have to be sent to a licensed uh, FFL uh, holder or dealer who would then complete the process of handing it over to you. So, hypothetically, there's the opportunity for not one but two background checks over the course of that procedure. Uh, you have the, of course, the employer or the 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 uh, 
original, you know, sale sale of the gun, that background check would take place there. And then again, hypothetically, if you were to stroll down to Joe Bob's gun shop where you had this firearm shipped and um, the the person behind the counter thought that you were a suspicious individual, they could hypothetically run a second background check. Well, <clears throat> fairly fairly safe procedure. Well, you know what? The lies just pile up and people keep buying it because they don't care. And I actually saw um, I saw a show last night. I was uh, flipping channels um, as I was taking a break from playing with my toddler. And um, I was trying to find the football game, and I stumbled onto this show. Uh, I don't even know what it's called, but I'm going to clip it for the next show. And it was all about this guy that was um, that grew up in the projects, and now he lives in the city, and he wants to he wants to own a gun, and and he's going through all these different rigmaroles because his wife doesn't want him to own a gun. But then what you see, Josh, is the is the story that's always pushed, always pushed in these sitcoms. And he's got two kids, and so guess what it is? The the father is you know the one that is um, that that is actually unintellectual, a buffoon. A buffoon. There we go. Yeah. Thank you. Thanks for filling that in. Perfect. He's a buffoon, and the kids are really smart, and they're like, "Wow, we should probably think about getting out of here." Because I heard Dad's thinking about buying a gun. Do you really want him protecting us? I mean, just real mind control stuff. And then he goes through the process of, you know, talking through his wife. But what I found was interesting is the way that the show kind of wraps up in the, in the fact that he comes to his wife and says, look, I want a gun because it's the only way that I won't feel like I'm a victim. And it was – I was like, wow, that's – or he said, I won't feel like I, I will be a, become a victim. I'm like, that's perfect. That's the way that everyone should think. But they had this big liberal push throughout the entire thing, and then the father comes in, and as the father of the of the uh, the main actor, um, played by Lawrence Fishburne of all people, um, he starts talking about, well, you know, maybe that's the way that you feel, and you have the right to feel like that, but maybe in the future, your kids won't feel the need to have a gun in order for them to feel safe, or in order to film for them to feel like not being a victim. So it's like. The subliminal programming of, oh, it's okay right now, but we'll just teach the kids that they don't need it a, a little bit later on, and we'll just, you know, we'll do it then. We'll get rid of the guns then. So I thought it was very interesting, uh, the, the, two different, the two different ways that it played out. Uh, one of them, he made a lot of good jokes uh, I thought were very funny. Um, his wife comes up and holds up 285 jelly beans and says, 285 jelly beans, this is how many people are shot in America every day. And he goes, wow, 285? That's a lot. She goes, yeah, it is. He goes, we probably need to get two guns. So <laughs> I mm. thought that was I thought that was funny. But it was on I main... how many of those 285 are uh, self-inflicted or suicides? Uh, probably two-thirds. And two-thirds mm. is, uh, wasn't that the seems, going seems number? Seems to be about the number, but they, they get lumped into those statistics and mm. it all gets muddled and uh, they're just too dangerous. Yeah, they, they are very, they make loud noises, make me nervous. So, all right. Scares my dog. Yeah, so let's continue with, uh, with Obama and um, his lies, you know, thrust upon the American people. Oh, and uh, um, statistics, I guess, reported that he said uh, 78 times he said I, me, or we, something like that, in this 15-minute speech, 78 times. Me, I, yeah, whatever. Here we go. Questions asked. A recent study found... Oh, no, oh sorry, Josh. Uh, evidently, there's no questions asked when you uh, go through the next background system. No background check. No questions asked. Nope, none. A recent study found that about one in 30 people looking to buy guns on one website had criminal records. Okay, so people looking to buy guns had criminal records. Did they actually obtain said firearm, Obama? I'm sure he'll tell us. Hold on. So, Jake, one. when I heard this... Yeah, go ahead. Sorry, when I heard this the first time, uh, I just scratched my head and I thought, well, hmm, if they have that statistic, then it would mean that... Wouldn't it mean, Jake, that some form of a background check had taken place? Yes. For and which to discern that this person was a criminal? And to deny but them I a gun. they didn't do the background check. Yeah, this is, I, I don't know. This is, I, it's I, just, you, you, you literally have to be, uh, you have to be a mental midget to believe no, this shit. No, 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 no. Just have cognitive dissonance, Josh. Just say, yeah, take them. One out of 30 had criminal record. Yep, they did. Good for, good for them. They found them. All right. So, all right, so let's do the last one. This is my favorite, and this is from Obama's speech, and here we go. 
All good things from Obama. I want to be absolutely clear at the start. Oh, that means you are about to receive some heavy... Pay attention. <laughs> I've said this over and over again. This also becomes routine. There's a ritual about this whole thing that I have to do. I... It's routine. It's a ritual, Josh. What is it? Some kind of ritual. A ritual for Baphomet, Baphomet maybe. Maybe. Let's... Or, or Molech. Yeah, well, let's find out. Glenn Beck can write another book about this, I guess. Believe <laughs> in the Second Amendment. It's there written on the paper. Oh, yeah, that thing that you were a scholar of or supposedly a professor of. Here we go. The Declaration of Negative Rights. <laughs> yeah. Not positive. Hold on. It guarantees a right to bear arms. It does not guarantee the right to bear arms. It says that the government cannot infringe on your God-given right to protect yourself with firearms. Yeah, chains to bind the government, not a key to unlock your own freedoms, because you already have them. Those are natural-born. Whether or not you believe in bearded skydad version of God or, uh, you know, a multidimensional, multi-theoretical uh, version of uh, uh, dispersed consciousness throughout the universe, uh, that's your right. Natural. Come out of the womb with it. All right, people. So go to you, your grave with it. Yeah, you can actually, um, you guys can say goodbye to Josh. He will be leaving us after this show. I'm sure that the thought police will be coming to get him. Yeah, and I will be one of the no then point zero three percent of people who tries to buy a gun legally and is a criminal. Point zero three percent people. That's good, man. Let's keep it rolling. How many times people try to twist my words around? You mean like you just twisted the Constitution around? But hey, you know what? Screw it. I'm the I'm POTUS, man. I taught constitutional law. I know a little bit about this. Oh, <laughs> evidently you don't. You failed. Epic fail. I wish I had that. I, I get it. But I also believe that we can find ways to reduce gun violence consistent with the Second Amendment. Yeah, uh, give everybody guns, and therefore gun violence goes down. Josh. Care to enlighten the people at home how much gun violence has or gun incidents and gun deaths have gone up in the last 200 or 20 years? Uh, they have not. Oh, wait. <laughs> but wouldn't – why does everybody care? Are you telling me they've gone down? I, I, I do believe that the commander-in-chief enumerates upon this later in this very speech, Jake, but he says it's still incredibly concerning – because the frequency of these events mm. and and the nature of their of their of their shocking media presentation is just it's, it's overwhelming the poor you know uneducated minds hearts and souls of of our little american children got to have got to be able to brainwash them in the schools can't be brainwashed them through tv so it's it's interesting that we move through this um, executive actions and and Josh, let's stop here and pause for a moment and discuss um, uh, and and I want you to break this down for everybody because you did a, a good job of it before and I've got a follow up clip. Uh, let's talk about the the mental hygiene aspect of this and about how now your doctor can can declare your rights have been uh, let's say that let's say Josh hypothetically. Uh, let's say that there is um, a person. Let's call him Jim. Let's say Jim's got a good. He's got a good paying job. He's um, you know making a hundred thousand dollars a year. Um, he's got a family, um, two kids and a dog. Uh, lives out in the burbs, uh, debt free. You know, really, really on top of everything. And all of a sudden, that he finds out that his wife's cheating on him. So he starts looking into his credit card records and finding out where she's been going, and then his wife decides that, well, it's up, it's up in time for me to leave, and I'm leaving you, and I'm taking the kids with me. Well, Jim decides that he's going to go to the therapist and say, man, I'm kind of depressed. I, uh, my wife's going to leave me. I'm going to leave my kids. Uh, my job just hit the rocks. You know, We had a bad fourth quarter, and uh, they might lay me off, and I, I just really don't feel well, Doc. But, um, you know, I, I, the one thing I do feel okay about is that um, I have a couple of guns in my house, so if anybody ever tried to come and take anything of mine or to try to harm my family, I'd be able to defend them. So that's good, and that's about the only positive thing I can think of at this time. So given the new edicts passed down by Lord Obama, what is a possibility for Jim and his firearm ownership? 
Well, I do believe that Jim's uh, history of mental unsanitation, as well as his firearms ownership, would both be noted on the new ICD-10 sharing requirements for medical data, uh, and that will be compiled and then shipped on over to whatever three-letter agency of your personal choice will be handling the uh, enforcement arm of this uh, unconstitutional ridiculousness going forward. Uh, And the fact that Jim is depressed and happens to own firearms at the same time uh, will be deemed a national security threat. So bye-bye to his firearms? At least potentially. Fantastic. Take it easy, Jim. It's been real. All right, so that's some of the challenges that we're facing people so um, I did see the uh, I did see the governor from Texas make a make an interesting stand but um, he's always doing that kind of stuff I think he's an interesting character uh, not that I love any politician but he's made some interesting statements in the past so let's move on Josh really quickly because we only have a few minutes left uh, and let's talk about this clip once again from no agenda giving credit where credit is due and yes I am still a boner and will become a donor as soon as I get some stuff squared away uh, here we are with um, this gentleman that runs a slightly left podcast, Thom Hartman, and what he says should be done to people like Josh and myself that uh, that believe that anthropogenic global warming is um um. Warning! Warning! Bullshit alert! Here we go. What should happen to us, Josh? Hold Craig on. Craig Man- Bannister, who's been on this program a number of times. It's been a while since Craig was on. Uh, he asked the question, are climate skeptics too mentally ill to buy guns under Obama's new rules? And, and I'm inclined to say yes. He points out that uh, the current law in- prohibits individuals from buying a gun if, because of mental health issues, they are either a danger to themselves or others. Then he goes on this logic chain and says, okay, if, President, as President Obama has repeatedly claimed, climate change is a greater threat than terrorism... There aren't people who deny that climate threat is a danger to de- deny the climate threat. Aren't those people a danger to themselves and others and thus unfit to own guns? And Craig Bannister then goes on to point out that he's not the first guy to think of this. Oh, Psychology no. Today published an article back. All right, Josh, Psychology Today. Are they a very well-known publication? I would say that they're fairly well-known and prestigious. I don't know how accurate they are, but then again, the... Uh the pseudoscience of psychology as it's become today is largely hogwash anyways. Come on, man. This is all good for you. Although, this is why people need to understand the dangers of the DSM-5, which is a diagnostic manual. Of- all right, here, let's, let's finish the clip and then we'll get into it. In 2012, I'm sorry, 2014, uh, titled, You Are in Climate Change Denial. Three Ooh. signs to look for. Yeah, number one, you think climate change is bad, but not that bad. Two, you don't have an emotional reaction to climate change. Three, you aren't getting political. Thus, Craig Bannister writes, if you think the climate threat is great enough and you're not furious about it or you're not politically active in the climate fight, you've got mental issues. According to the Telegraph newspaper, climate denial is now a mental disorder. Uh, disorder. He explains how so-called eco-psychologists convened at the University of of the West of England in Bristol to explore identifying or classifying climate change denial as a mental disorder. And then he, you know, he quotes Gina McCarthy, the, the EPA chief under Obama earlier on, as saying climate skeptics are not normal people. So, Craig? Oh, wait a minute. You mean this is the same one that when questioned, when questioned by a senator, could not produce any of the correct responses, could not produce any of the data that she claimed happened, that all these storms and everything would have swelled over the past 10 years and all of this other nonsense that we know has not happened, that has been forecasted to happen by uh, climate um, I don't, uh, climate kids, I guess, and, and other people that want to be really, really scared about um, doing damage to the earth. Not that we condone damage to the earth, but holy cow, I mean, there are bigger things to worry about than than all of this stuff so josh why don't we uh, get back on the dsm5 and then we'll uh, we'll finish up the show uh with um, some closing comments on all of the stuff that we've discussed today well gina mccarthy is a, a galian dialecticing clown and if you want to know a little bit more about her involvement in all of this uh besides just being the head of the epa i have an article that i wrote oh geez it's probably in August of last year, called This December, Agenda 21 is getting an update about COP21, the now past COP21. Um, but 
Uh, her uh, her appearance on Charlie Rose is certainly an interesting one and worth checking out. Um, but that this again, noting Thom Hartman and his um, his very interesting interpretation of uh, mental health because evidently I guess he's a psychiatrist now or at least defers to the experts over at the Telegraph mm-hmm. um, who are also not psychiatrists. But I digress. Um, it, it, this uh, the addition of all of these newfangled diseases to the DSM five uh, things like oppositional defiance disorder, which state that if you are an anti-authoritarian or not a fascist or a stark raving mad control freak, uh, then you are mentally disabled, and that people should be looking out for this uh, in their children, especially at a young age, because if they don't like school, then ooh, who knows? Maybe someday they'll become some nine eleven truther and. You know, believe that the state has no authority over their li- over their rights as a, as a free and autonomous human being. We wouldn't want that happening, right? Mm, but it's dangerous. Is it, isn't it funny, Jake, how all of the acronyms for some of these ridiculous disorders are actually, you know, the intended purpose of, of the diagnosis in the first place? So, opposite defiance disorder is abbreviated as odd. 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 Uh, they're just odd. <laughs> uh, get them out. Odd man out there. Or uh, my, my personal favorite, Jake, seasonal affective disorder. <laughs> You're just sad, man. Come on. Get over it. Uh, oh, That's gosh. what happens when you don't get enough vitamin D3. You get sad. Oh, man. But so, it's like this word game that these these shrinks play, and I don't know why people don't get it. I think it's particularly funny. Well, But then again, I'm also not on their pills. Yeah, that's probably true. All right, mm. so um, we're going to have to wrap the show a little bit early here, but uh, I do want to uh, th- thank everybody for tuning in. And um, we're going to get this uploaded, so it will air live tonight at um, at at nine thirty, and uh, we'll be back sometime this week, probably Thursday night. Uh, check the We Are Not Cattle uh, website, wearenotcattle.net, uh, under the upcoming podcast, and you'll find a link for the podcast and the time to air. And once we get the um, once we get all the other stuff figured out, the back of the house stuff, we'll be broadcasting live from wearenotcattle.net. And um, Josh, anything that you have. Uh, before we let everyone go. Uh, I really do, since we didn't get the opportunity to talk about it tonight. Um, I do want to stress that people should check out this uh, this uh, paper by Chatham House called International Economic uh, Order, The Last Chance for the G20, or International Economic Governance, The Last Chance for the G20. I think it's tremendously important that people understand the concept of the multipolar uh, changeover uh, to world order. And hopefully I'll be writing an article about this on my website, statelesshomesteading.com, and uh, that'll be up on uh, there hopefully by you know the end of the week. Yep, and I'll be mirroring that at wearenotcattle.net. That paper that Josh just discussed is up uh, right now on wearenotcattle.net at the very top. So once again, everybody, thank you so much for listening. Remember, get a friend, get informed, and get involved, and we will see you next week with another dose of reality for your cognitive dissonance scrambled little mind. Hopefully we'll be able to help. Enjoy it, everyone. Peace, love, and liberty.